Well, good morning to those who are listening online today. Uh, it's a sunny day outside, and I'm glad you're taking time right now to tune in. Uh, I want to review just a little bit. We're in a series called How Sweet the Sound. In week one, we talked about amazing grace, that on Easter Sunday, God ro- rose his son from the grave, and he gave us this gift of eternal life. He died for our sins so that we don't have to. It's amazing grace. And then we looked at the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And this is the thing about Jesus. He's our Savior, but also our friend, which means we can talk to him anytime that we want. And last week, the hymn was, I'll Fly Away. And uh, we talked about the fact that Jesus is coming again. So get ready. Get ready, because he is coming. And today, we're going to look at the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And I thought about a couple subtitles for this message. Like one would be how to get through what you're going through or staying strong when things go wrong. So when we fly, regardless of the airline, the stewardess or the steward will go through a pre-flight checklist. You know, uh, he'll say or she will say, remember where the exits are. Remember that your seat cushion acts like a floating device. Remember where the oxygen masks are and they'll drop from the ceiling. And this is how you put them on. Any one of those things can save our life if we have an emergency. And I tell you today that God has given us a similar checklist to survive trouble and hard times. But before we look at that list, I thought I would just talk about trouble and some truth about trouble. So the, the first thing is this, that trouble will come. It will come. If you're going through a difficult time right now, I want to assure you today that you are not alone. In fact, 100% of the people in the world will experience some type of hardship and trouble at some point in their life. Uh, we are in one now. Or maybe if you're in another part of the world, you're coming out of one, and there will be more because trouble are, troubles are a part of life. There is no medicine that can keep them from coming to us, and there's no amount of positive thinking or self-talk that can keep them away. Say it with me, would you, one time? Troubles will come. Yeah, troubles will come. The second thing, right, is that Jesus said this about trouble when he was getting ready to leave this world. He said this, I told you these things so that... In me, you would have peace. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Trouble will come. Jesus said it. The second thing about trouble is this. Trouble will come to the wise or the good and the foolish, the bad. Now, I think that we have this unwritten rule about trouble. This is how it should be, right? This is how it should be. The... Good happens to good people, and bad happens to bad people. It's only right, isn't it? I mean, if you agree with that today, would you just hit the like button on the screen of Facebook just so we can participate together? Yeah, it messes with us, messes with us when we realize that good happens to bad people, and bad happens to good people. I mean, if that frustrates you, would you hit that like button just one more time? See, we may not like it, but trouble and problems come to the good and the bad in life. And the third thing is this about trouble, that our foundation will determine how we stand in trouble. So follow as I read this next verse. It says this, uh, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Now, any carpenter or builder knows that that's true, that if you build a house on bedrock, it's a, it's a good foundation. And for our purposes today, bedrock, a.k.a. Jesus, will help you from falling. But if you build a house on sand, which is a bad foundation, a.k.a. Satan or false religion or your own strength, it will fall. So a common question that all of us have asked at some point in our life is this. If trouble, trouble is going to come, which it will, then the key question is this. What difference does faith make? What difference does faith make? See, I'm so glad you asked the question because I have an answer. Uh, here's the answer. It's possible to survive the troubles of life if you have the right foundation. So today we're going to look at this great hymn, It Is Well. And let me give you the background of that song. It was written by a guy named Horatio Spafford. And Horatio was a successful lawyer in Chicago, Illinois, doing very well. He had five children, he had a boy and four girls, and he was married to a lady named Anna. And everything was going right for the Spafford family until the point when Horatio's son developed pneumonia and died. See, I think the loss of a child for a parent, uh, I can't imagine uh, the depth of the pain with that today. And Horatio's losses continued. He was a great lawyer because he was a lawyer. He was successful in real estate. He had property all over the inner city of Chicago. And then the Chicago fires hit. And when the Chicago fires hit, it took out every single piece of real estate that he owned. And he went home. He was talking to Anna. He said, how about if we just decompress? He said, um, let's just go on a vacation. How about a European vacation? And so they made plans, and two days before the trip, Horatio finds out there was an urgent matter with his business. He had to stay behind. He tells his wife and his daughters, you go ahead ahead of me. You start having a good time before I get there, and I'm coming. I'm coming in two days. And they get on a boat, and they start heading for Europe. And on the way, the boat that they were on was struck by another vessel on the water. And four of Horatio's daughters died in the accident. And Anna was clinging to a piece of wreckage, and a ship came by and picked her up and took her to Cordes of Wales, where she sent him a, t a telegram telling him of the tragedy and said, um, I'm alone, but safe. What do I do? I'm alone, but safe. What do I do? And Horatio immediately packed a bag, jumped on the next boat to Cordes of Wales. And on the way, the captain of the ship called him to the bow of the ship, and he said, Horatio, he said, uh, this is a place. This is a place where the accident took place. And Horatio, as he's in the vicinity of the place, in the midst of all that pain, pens the lyrics to this song, It Is Well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but if you are, you're asking the question right now, how does somebody write those lyrics in the middle of pain and tragedy so 
I want to focus for the rest of this message on what Horatio knew and what everyone knows that have gone through stuff like this and survived. So four, four keys to staying strong when things go wrong. The first one is this. Remember God gives me peace when I am anxious. We have to remember that this is the truth. That sometimes the Lord calms the storm. And sometimes he lets the storm rage. And he calms the child. Sometimes he calms the storm. And sometimes he lets the storm rage and he calms the child. And you can take that to the bank today. You may be dealing with anxiety today or trouble in your life. And maybe right now you're out of work or behind in your mortgage or dealing with an illness or coping with death. Or maybe your marriage isn't going so well. Remember this, that the secret of maintaining peace in trouble is maintaining prayer in trouble. I love what Paul says to the church at Philippi. He said this, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this part. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a solid habit. And it's the best preparation for trouble. If we have the habit of prayer, we can integrate and assimilate and process trouble easier. How do we get through what we're going through? Remember that God gives us peace when we're anxious. Secondly, remember God gives me power when I'm weak. When my son Mark was in high school, he played basketball for the Sweet Home Panthers. And in the offseason, Jack Baker, who was another dad of a player, uh, and myself, we took the four out of five of the four or five of the team members to the UB South gym to work out in the off season. Three days a week, five thirty to six thirty in the morning. Uh, we at first just went and watched them worked out, and then I had this thought: I might as well work out. And so uh, I never messed with weights before. Uh, I was a soccer player, and football players did weights. So I said, I'm just going to learn how. This can't be that difficult. I'm watching these teenagers pump iron, and I was just thinking, this can't be that difficult. So I loaded up a bar with two 45 weights, and then the next one down, maybe like a 20 on each side. And I said, I'm going to lay down on the bench, and um, I am going to uh, do seven reps. By the way, I've kept it up over the years, and, you know, you may not know it, but this is kind of what I look like. Uh, take that down. That's just making me feel bad about what I don't look like, you know. And so I started doing this. And so I, I said, I'm going to do seven reps. And so I, I lift the bar. I do four reps. And somewhere in between four and five, my arms began to shake like this. And I don't know if you know this about weights, but the natural direction of a weight bar is down. And pretty soon that bar was laying on my chest. And, and I couldn't breathe. All I could do is squeeze out a, Help. And one of the teens came running over and helped me get the weight off my chest. And then he looked at me and he said, Mr. Rouse, he said, never try to lift that much weight without a spotter. You know what a spotter is. It's someone that stands by your head when you're bench pressing. And if you get in trouble, they ease the weight. Are you like me? That when trouble hits, we have a tendency to say stuff like, I can handle this. I don't need help. And I have to beat this on my own. This may be the most important takeaway of this whole message. And here it is. Sometimes troubles 
are too big for us, and we need a spotter. And here's the truth. God is not impressed with when we act self-sufficient. He is not impressed when we act on our own strength. And he isn't impressed when we, when we put out a fake bravado. No, no, no. Can I tell you? God is drawn to those who admit need. He's drawn to those who are weak. He is drawn to those who ask him for help. I love this next pair of verses. Uh, this is so good. I love this one. It says, although he, meaning Jesus, died on the cross in weakness, he now lives by the mighty power of God. We too are weak, but we live in him, and we have what? We have God's power today. I mean, just let that set in. We have God's power today. The next verse is equally as important, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If troubles are eating you up today, if the weight of the world is on you, if it is suffocating you today, I just want you to know something. Remember this, that, that we have a spotter, and his name is Jesus, and he will come to us when we need him. Remember that God gives us peace when we're anxious. He gives us power when, we weak, weak, when we're weak. And the third thing is this. Remember God gives protection when I'm afraid. Fear is a common emotion. We all experience it from time to time. I mean, some of the common fears that we have are fear of heights, maybe a fear of darkness or a fear of elevators. I heard a new one this week. I'd never heard of this fear before. But there was this guy that had a fear of um, going to the mailbox because he was in so much debt. And it's called mail phobia, you know, when you have that much debt and you're going to the mailbox. But let me ask you a question today. What keeps you up at night? Is it finances? Is it the kids? Is it a rocky relationship? Is it a career, career, or is it a failure or a health issue? Are you like me when I am wrestling with my, uh, my fear at night? Fear increases. I can lay in bed and worry until the point that my anxiety has anxiety. Darkness can add to my fear. So what do I do on those long nights? I get out of bed. I go to my living room, turn on a light, grab my iPad, turn to a scripture, chances are in the book of Psalms, or I bring up my journal, and I remember phrases in my journal that remind me that I am not alone and that God is with me and that God is for me in the middle of that. This next verse is from Psalms 18.2, and it says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the power that saves me, my place of safety. I have found this to be true. No one else in the room except me and God. And when I go to him with those things, I can feel like this sense of, I got you. You're not alone. I'm with you. And there's a peace that he can give that no one else can give. This is good, isn't it? That there's, there's no such thing as a trouble-free family. There's no such thing as a trouble-free career or a trouble-free church or a trouble-free life. We just got to remember that God gives us peace when we're anxious, he gives us power when we're weak. He gives us protection when I'm afraid. And last but not least, God gives me a plan when I am uncertain. We live 
with a certain degree of uncertainty. We can't predict all that's going to happen. The question is, where do we go for help? Where do we go for help when we need counsel? Where do we go for help when we need direction? Where do we go for help when we're lost? I love rest areas on highways. Uh, so there's a couple reasons. One is, because I don't know about you, but every trip I've been on over 200 miles, I need to go to the bathroom. And I love it because they tell you when they're coming up. I love them because they have food. And they tell you what kind of food they have before you even get there. And then you could stretch out and take a nap. But one of the things I love about rest areas is they have maps. And for some of us, that's overwhelming because in order to figure out where you are on a map, where you're going on a map, you have to know where you are. And so this is like a crazy map, but, you know, you're trying to get to different spots. But I love it because there's a big sign that says, you are here. And if you can figure out where you are, you know which direction to go uh, to get home. So when we're lost in life, we can seek advice from some wrong places the horoscope, or a palm reader, or someone with no life experience. I heard of a lady the other day that uh, she was trying to decide whether to continue a relationship with a guy, and so she prayed and she said, God, if the traffic light is green, I'll stay with him, and if it turns red, I'll break it off. And another guy who was a shopaholic, and he pulled up in front of Home Depot one day with an urge to buy. And he said, God, when I'm pulling up in front of Home Depot, if there's a spot, parking spot near Home Depot in the front row, that means you want me to go buy. <laughs> and if there's not, he said, I'll drive off thinking that it wasn't your will. You know, by the way, that guy, he drove around until there was a park, parking spot in front of Home Depot. But I'm telling you, there's a better way to figure out God's will for our life. Look at this next verse. It says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Isn't it true that a lot of times we don't ask him because we may not like what he's going to say or we won't listen if he tells us or we really don't want help. Listen, if you want to know how to get through what you're going through, if you want to know how to stay strong when things go wrong, we have to be willing to handle God's life, God's way. And the first step in discovering a plan, God's plan for our life, is to renew a relationship with Him. We will never discover God's plan unless we are connected to Him. And so wherever you're listening today, you may be thinking, so how do I connect with Him, Pastor Rick? Well, it's as simple as ABC. The A stands for admit your need. I'm sorry, God, I was wrong. Please forgive me. The B stands for believe in Jesus. Receive forgiveness. And when we get forgiveness, we can ask him for help right away. And the C, commit to follow him. In other words, if he says to do something, do it. A, admit. B, believe. C, commit. So I put some next steps there today, and uh, I just want to run through them real quick. The first one is memorize Matthew 7, 24 and 25. The next is trust God with blank, and you can fill in the blank. And then this one, 
I want us to all participate in, okay? This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick out a letter because every one of us fall into one of these letters today. A, B, C, or D. And this is what I want you to do. In the comment section online, I want you to write down your letter, just the letter, okay? A means this. This is where I'm at with Jesus. I already believe. If, they, as you, if that's you, put an A in the comment section. B, I'm considering believing. If that's you today, it's okay to put down a B there. Or maybe this is you. You're believing today. Then write a C in that comment section. Or a D. Pastor Rick, if I'm honest, I don't think I will ever believe. So write your letter down. A, B, C, or D. Forgiveness and eternal life were the gifts from God. The way we remember the gifts is by taking communion. So I'm going to ask you just to get your bread and drink ready. The greatest gift that God gave us wasn't our car, house, job, or money in the bank. The greatest gift that he gave us was he freely forgave our sin. He paid the penalty for us so we don't have to. And so go ahead and just grab the bread and the drink. The bread represents his broken body. I only saw the movie Passion once. And the expression of the penalty that God paid, Jesus paid and what he went through was enough for me. And it made me never to want to take this gift for granted again. So take and eat in remembrance of him. The drink represents his shed blood. In the Old Testament, the way that you receive forgiveness of sin was to bring an unblemished lamb to the temple. And the priest would sacrifice the lamb and spill the blood on the altar. And sins would be forgiven. We don't have to do that today. Because we know the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And the sacrifice has been paid. We just have to claim it today. Say, Pastor Rick, you know, I've been walking away from God because I'm not perfect in this theme of Christianity. No one is. So I encourage you to drink to your soul's comfort and joy. So today's message is for all of us because every single one of us have dealt with loss and Suffering and maybe injustice or pain or discouragement. If that's you today, just one more verse. And you can write it down someplace. Psalms 34, 18. Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit in spirit, Psalms 34, 11. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for this gift that you have given us. And we don't take it for granted. And so we cry out to you for help, Lord, in the middle of our trials and trouble. And ask that you would direct our paths and keep them straight. We love you today, God. And it's our desire to please you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.